Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. Hi there, this is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to our Tech Radio show for this week with all the ladies from tech around Ireland and indeed around the world. Thank you for downloading from our website at techcentral.ie, listening on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra or using your favourite podcast app for your smartphone. And indeed, it's apps on your smartphone that is the focus of our show today because it's just something that we take for granted. I have an app to do this, this and this and this. And there's a new app to try. I'm going to try it out. It's something we don't even think about. But what actually goes into creating an app? Is it just, you know, some coder and a designer or the arts people? What about the business end of it? What are the, the marketing? All this kind of stuff that you don't consider about. It's actually fascinating when you lift the lid and see what goes into making an app. And the other thing we were kind of worried about, or not worried about, but wondering was, can Irish people and Irish companies, I mean, do we have the what's it to actually get out there and create world-leading apps and make businesses out of it? The answer is not only, yes, it's possible. The answer is, yes, it's happening right now in many, many places. Uh, And just two of the people who are doing it, are on the show today. Uh, one of them is a guy who has come up with a, or sorry, he hasn't come up with it on his own, but he's involved in a news app um, that's got a really clever twist to it. And I think when the big news organisations see this little twist, they're going to want a, a little piece of the action. We're going to find out more about that in a little while. But first, I want to introduce you to Finn Kruer. Finn is the Chief Technical Officer and the co-founder of a company called Ninth Impact. And they are an award-winning games company uh, based in the west of Ireland who have had worldwide success. Um, and I suppose, you know, I can tell you all about the company, but it's better to hear it from the uh, horse's mouth, as it were. So I asked Finn to describe Ninth Impact and what they do. Uh, thanks, Dusty. So Ninth Impact is a, a mobile game studio um, where we specialize in developing a mobile mobile games. Uh, specifically, we like the genre of, of Endless Runners, like the Ninja Go Endless Runner that you mentioned, uh, which we brought out uh, end of last year, and it's already been played actually over 3 million times um, by over 100,000 people. So um, that's, been, that's been a great success, and uh, it's available both on the, the Google Play Store and on the Apple App Store. Essentially, uh, you play as a ninja, side-scrolling, uh, similar to the really old Donkey Kong games, like you said, um, where your your aim is to get as far as possible uh, without dying. So it's a it's a high score type game. You're you're aiming to get onto the global leaderboards, and uh, that's the reason people play it. There's a couple of different levels, and uh, we're always adding more. But um, our newest game, Robotry, just launched uh, four weeks ago on on iOS, and um, so it's available on the Apple App Store. And now two weeks ago, it's available on the Google Play Store also. Um, Robotery is, is a slightly different take on the Endless Runner. Uh, it's a game where you help your robots to climb a tower through layers of pipes and through moving floors, and you're, you're essentially trying to escape the rising floodwaters which are going to engulf this factory. Uh, and there's some, some drones that try to get you uh, various electric fences and different obstacles which would fry your robot. And uh, that game is inspired by uh, Jumping Jack, which is a really, really old game uh, from the ZX Spectrum. And uh, that was released back in 1983. We, we took the idea of Jumping Jack and tried to make it really mobile-friendly and, and optimize it for kind of mobile, casual gameplay. So the controls are very simple, just tapping and swiping, uh, kind of one-hand operation. 
before we came on, we were just having a quick chat about, you know, kind of various different kind of games. And I was saying, I oh, like the, the Sonic the Hedgehog, nice little simple 2D side scroller kind of things. You've got gaming running like a passion through your bloodstream. What, what kind of games do you like? What's the essential gameplay that really gets, gets you? Um, well, in, in terms of mobile games, uh, the, yeah, our passion is definitely for endless runner type games. Uh, where which which kind of which exists in a couple of different ways. They kind of started off with uh, Temperon. It's a game that most people are probably familiar with on on iPhone and on Android, um, where you are trying to escape a boulder, um, Indiana Jones style, and uh, you're trying to run as far as possible and as fast as possible. And uh, in the last couple of years, that has been really perfected by uh, two games in particular. One is. Uh, Subway Surfers, which is an endless runner. And uh, one thing that it does really, really well is that it has an unbelievable amount of content. It's just you, you could play this game forever. You just you can't get enough of it. You uh, get new characters, you get new items for your characters, new power-ups. And the gameplay is you're, you're in the subway trying to uh, essentially escape from the guard chasing you and you're, uh, you're spray-painting mm. bodies out of the subway. And it's been immensely popular. And I think uh, what they did is they got uh, they got uh, the content perfectly right. And you just at the uh, beginning of this year, another game, Crossy Road, uh, really impressed me um, by being it's just incredibly usable on every device and every orientation. One of the the big problems for a lot of games on mobile is that and it really separates people out as whether they like playing on their phone or their tablet or even tablets, you know, this kind of in-between thing like the bigger iPhone 6 or the uh, uh, Samsung Note. And um, Crossy Road is just playable on all of them. Crossy Road is, is a story of a chicken trying to cross the road. And uh, why did the chicken cross the road? And it's, again, it's an endless runner trying to cross as, as uh, many roads as possible. Tell me, when, when you're thinking about all these games, I mean, you, you have the, the storyline and you've got all the Ds that you want to update and then you've, you've got the, uh, the various levels within the game. Then you have what's the game going to be played on and the various different types of phones or the tablets. I mean, what, what is the, the, the development process like when you're putting a game together? Um, well, what we do ourselves is that we, we maintain a list of ideas. So we, we brainstorm uh, a few days every month. And when we have a, a, a semi-decent idea, we put it down on paper. We work it out in enough detail and make uh, paper prototypes. Because the first thing we want is a, is a game that people would like to play, that people would get excited about and see. So before we do any development, we go to a couple of people and see, is, is this something you'd like to play? Um, and generally that helps us to whittle away some of the ideas that we might like, but not a lot of other people like. Um, and you see, if we weren't to do this, you tend to fall in love with an idea. And uh, you're not actually putting a lot of thought into uh, whether the game will sell or appeal to a wider audience. Uh, so if it makes it past that stage, we, we build a prototype uh, without any proper graphics and just to work on one phone we've lying around and then we give it to people to see is this is this a good direction. Um, after that, the, the process gets quite tight. Uh, we tend to create a very big uh, document describing every piece of art that we're going to have to develop, uh, what the programmers are going to have to do, and then we can uh, go away and start developing. Um, 
we tend to because games games are a pretty special category of apps in that they're quite suitable to cross-platform development. Um, it's been getting very big over the last five years that you would develop in a cross-platform environment. Uh, we use uh, Unity, uh, which is a very, very common one, and the Corona uh, software development kit so that we can develop once and then deploy on, say, Android or on iOS um, or even on Windows Phone um, or, or BlackBerry and or, yeah. And um, with that, then, we're, we develop once and uh, the, the art is brought in. We make the game work on, usually we target one app store first because, to be honest, we often you forget when you develop these games that the first thing somebody's going to see when they see your game on the app store is that one app store page, which is going to make them decide if it's download or not. So an awful lot of time and effort uh, goes into making that page particularly. And of course, I mean, there's a, a, well, I suppose there are two main app stores that people go to and they're both different in their own little way. What's that, what is the submission process like when you're uh, submitting stuff to iTunes and then onto Google Play? Um, Apple and Google are fundamentally different in their approach that they take to the app stores. Um, Apple has a really tight review process. They tend to take their time. They can take up to two weeks to look at your app and somebody will play every piece of your game. Uh, and test it, and they have very, very, very uh, strict policy documents that they have to make sure the app meets before they accept it. So not just will Google and Apple app stores uh, during the submission require a different number of screenshots for your game, uh, different texts, uh, different iconography, different uh, different banners and, and advertising images, and especially when you start going into localizing games. When we did Ninja Go and The Runner, uh, we localized it straight away into uh, Portuguese, Swedish, uh, uh, Russian, and Spanish. So um, the two app stores are different as well in how they deal with that. So generally, we, we release on one at a time. Google, on the other hand, are uh, a lot more relaxed about what they accept as their app store. Um, their policy tends to be that uh, we'll, we'll accept it, and if there's complaints, it, it will get taken down, which kind of results in the apps available on the Play Store uh, being generally of, of lower quality uh, and more, an awful lot more than on the uh, Apple App Store. And uh, I think that goes a long way to explaining why uh, people on iOS tend to download a lot more paid-for apps and do you notice, because one of the things that uh, I keep hearing is that, you know, Android is, you know, that is the platform. It's, it's far outsold the uh, the iOS platform for, for mobile phones. Uh, uh, more people are downloading stuff from, from the Google Play app store. But, but you're saying more people pay for stuff in the iTunes store. I mean, what's, what's, what's your experience of, of the two big stores? Google being, in my mind, the bigger one. Is it not the more successful one, no? It's definitely the bigger one, and you, you'll see an awful lot more games that make their revenue from advertisements on the Play Store. Um, but the, the downloads don't translate into, um, into revenue the same way as they do on iOS. And also, while, while over here in Ireland, definitely Android is, is more popular than iOS, if you go to the States uh, in some areas, it's, it's completely reversed. <laughs> So I think you, uh, it's, it, it, I think that explains why most studios will go to iOS before they go to Android. 
uh, when they're releasing their apps. What about uh, the, the, just another interesting thing that uh, from what you were talking about there, you were saying kind of Google are, uh, uh, their policy is, well, we'll put it up and if there's complaints, we'll take it down. Uh, I think, yes, you're right. It means that the quality is not as good, but I think that the variety is an awful lot greater, which is one thing that I appreciate. But you've got an awful lot of like, you know, rubbish to wade through in order to kind of get to the good apps. I was just going to ask you just, you know, what apps in your head, games or otherwise, are um, strike you as being very good um, in terms of games it's uh, for me definitely recently the app that really struck me was Crossy Road just because it works so well both iOS and Android I've played it uh, on tablets and phones it works in any orientation and um, what they've done with the, within the genre of Endless Runner is when they made their game they made it it's possible to put it down save a level come back to it later, mm. uh, which is something that's not that common in, in these faster-paced games. So that's why Crossy Road for me really stands out. Um, I mean, we, we hear a lot about different apps that generate a lot of hype, like Flappy Bird did, which are overall not brilliant apps. They, they might, or games, they might be very addictive for a time, but they, uh, they don't have the same content or the same length of content as uh, say subway surfers would um and many other games um yeah so Tell me about, um, you see, I'm, I'm listening to our conversation here, all right? And we're talking about, oh, Apple and California and more people in the States use, you know, kind of iPhones in Europe and here in Ireland, it's all Android. And, and you're talking about localizing stuff to Portuguese and into Russian and stuff like that. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking that you're based in Galway. And when I think of Galway, I think of Clifton. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like just way out there on the edge of the earth, practically. Uh, but you seem to be right slap bang in, in, in the center of it. I mean, how how is it being based in Galway and working on a global stage? Galway is, is fantastic. I think it, it gets a little bit overlooked um, because of its location. But if you think about the amount of talent out here in terms of developers, of programmers and even of artists, um, it's immense. I mean, we've got stiff competition here for, for employees with um, companies like Avaya and Cisco and HP, who all base big R&D facilities out of Galway, doing an awful lot of development, an awful lot of programming. And uh, that's why there's such a settlement of talent here. There's also various incubation hubs around Galway, which make this kind of stuff much easier to start up. So it's a it's a good old base for you, and it's 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 working. I mean, you know, the 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 money side of it is working. The business is successful, and the company has won some awards as well. Tell me about those. So um, we take part in various game jams because of the community in Galway for games is relatively small. Mm. When there is a get get together uh, organised by the, the the community that is here, all the studios take part, send some people. And we tend to spend uh, one, two weekends, uh, 48 hours, no sleep, developing a game and uh, demoing it to each other. And then we, we, between the different studios, we organize prizes. And, and uh, one of these went to ourselves um, when we made a uh, balloon flyer type endless runner game. Ah, right. Um, but we never actually released that to the app store uh, as a result. <laughs> so it's a, it's a public award for secret game almost, isn't it? 
um, there's a lot of that going on um, because uh, NUIG offers some courses in that area and is now also the Pulse Gaming College um, uh, in Galway. Um, there's a lot of students trying to get into that area. And one of the problems is for them is getting the experience in Galway because your uh, studios are more likely to hire more experienced uh, developers, more experienced artists. And uh, I think the biggest thing for, for people trying to break into that area is portfolio building, which is why there's such a number of those events um, globally. They're, they're absolutely every city will have uh, games development uh, jams and where uh, various people from different backgrounds come together and try to build their portfolios out with new games, with new ideas, uh, showing off what they can do so that they can then land that position in industry. Um, listen, it all sounds fantastic. Um, I, I highly recommend that people check out the website, which is Ninth Impact. Now that's N, the number, uh, sorry, the number nine, N. <laughs> the number nine th you see i'm just hooked on ninth uh the number nine th and impact.com and of course get onto your mobile phone and get onto your uh relevant app store and download robotery uh r-o-b-o-t-o-r-y or uh ninja go as well which is n-i-n-j-a-g-o but for now finn thank you so much for talking to us Thank you very much, Justy. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Now, let's continue talking apps, but getting away from games, let's talk about a news app and one with a difference because it gives you the news relevant to your location. So whether you're in Ballsbridge or Banbridge or Budapest, you'll get the news that's happening around you. Joining me to tell me more about it is Jamie McDonnell. Um, Jamie, the app is called Hawk. Have I described roughly what it does or does it do more? Yeah, more or less. Uh, you described the basic function and one of the key selling points anyway is, of course, everyone wants to know what's going on, where they are. Uh, beyond that, what we're aiming to do is give you the, a bit of context for the big stories, uh, Greece being one of them, say, and uh, show you where the news is going on, but also uh, give you all the different uh, perspectives of that and let you explore the news generally throughout the world. Now, tell me, the name Hawk uh, it is is unusual because I would have spelled a H-A-W-K, but it's not. It's spelled H-A-U-K, which that makes me think that there's some kind of a story behind the name. Yeah, so um, the idea itself was originally proposed by a member of our team, Hans, uh, mm. from Norway. Mm. And uh, basically, that's the spelling in Norway. Uh, we'd originally we'd looked at Hawk as well itself, but uh, it wasn't available. Whereas Hawk Hawk H uh, A U K Hawk News was. Oh. So we ended up going with that. We weren't just trying to be trendy and spelling things a little bit wrong, like uh, a lot of the other apps out there. Okay, so Hawk H A U K. Tell me the development is. Hmm. Here's what I know of the story. This is what I like about it because we've talked about kind of hackathons on the show many a time, right? Yeah. where people get in and, and they're given a limited amount of time to come up with something brilliant. Uh, and quite often, you know, 90% of what comes out of it is, nah, it's all right, like, you know. Um, but 10% of it is absolutely brilliant, which is where I think the the, the hawk uh, definitely sits in that kind of a category. You were born out of one of these kind of a hackathon kind of things where people were thrown together and told to come up with something brilliant. Am I right? Yeah, more or less. Um, so what it was was a um, innovation academy accelerator. So the basic idea was people came with ideas from all over. Hmm. Um, I think it was about just short of five hundred people. Um, the one we went to was the European Innovation Academy, and um, 
most people had ideas. I know I had a different idea myself going over. So now, did let me just Brian. stop it there for a sec, because when you say most people are we, you know, who who is the we and how did you get involved with the European Innovation Academy? Oh, yeah. So uh, how I became involved was um, it basically was advertised in my college. It was the first year DIT was taking place. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've always been interested in kind of running my own business, the whole app uh, end of things and tech in general. So I said, right, I'll give it a go, see if I can get in. And um, through a number of different stages of competition, uh, it got whittled down and eventually five of us were sent over, um, each with our own idea, uh, to try and take place and see what we could get built. And this is five paddies. It it wasn't like a a team that you'd uh, put together yourself. It was just your meeting Mick and Tony and and Bridget and whatever, and and off he's going. All right, okay. Five of us went over, no team there, and then just kind of ideally started our own teams or get involved in teams. Yeah. Okay, so you're meeting, meeting all kinds of uh, uh, wacky Europeans. <laughs> US, Yanks, Chinese, everything. Wow, all right, okay, yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, so, so what happened then? So basically, over the course of the first, well, the week leading up to it, and then the first day or two while we were there, we kind of chopped and changed. People dropped ideas, made ideas, uh, joined teams, left teams, poached members from other teams, and uh, eventually we were all formed. I myself got in a team uh, with a team called Hawk because I liked their idea. And uh, we took part in poaching a developer who happened to be another Irish lad from DIT. So that gave us Ari in there. So I, I talked to him and we poached him and he's uh, he's our lead Android developer now. <laughs> so it, it sounds like the real world, but kind of in a fun way. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's, it's one way to describe it. Kind of, kind of. A lot of hair pulled out. And, and, and did this happen like kind of in a relatively quick period of time? Well, in terms of team formation, yeah, you're talking a couple of days before we went over, it really heated up, maybe mm. the last three days. But once we were there, two two days, two days and teams were kind of finalized. Wow. So, and, yeah. and then you have your team together. How long? Uh, and you, you, the team came together around an idea. Yeah, more okay. or less. So uh, how long then did you have to do to work up the idea? Uh, well, there was a basis of the idea uh, in place in terms of, um, well, Hans came up with the idea himself and he said, I want an app that shows unbiased, kind of an unbiased coverage by showing all the coverage and ideally something to do with location. But, you know, the actual specifics weren't set in stone. So what we did was then over the course of the next two, two to three days, I suppose, sat down, worked out what was possible, where we, how we do it, and then the business aspect of it as well, which is where myself and another member came in. We kind of worked out the marketing, the finance, and, you know, how, how we can actually turn this into a business if we do launch it. Okay, so now, so your background is not, you're not, you're not a coder. Uh, no, I, I have a bit of a basis in IT, but uh, mostly business, yeah. Okay, so you, you could probably hack together some kind of a web script to say, hello world or something, but beyond that. <laughs> the very basis, yeah, would be me, but then uh, beyond that, we leave it to, we leave it to Brian. Okay, but no, that's, that's really interesting because, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of, the, you've got creative people who come put ideas, oh, it'd be great to have news and uh, relevant to where you are. Um, uh, and then you've got, you know, kind of coders and uh, people who are kind of quite intense and drink coke and work all night and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but then a lot of their projects never actually see the light of day because, you know, they're not out there marketing or they're not out um, selling it. So this kind of Europe- European Innovation Academy kind of it was taking lots of people with lots of different skills. And your skill will be the more business and marketing end of things. Uh, business, finance, marketing. Yeah, ah, I see. So now well, you, you've got this you've got this fantastic app. All right. That's landed yeah. in your lap. How do you tell the world about it? How do you how do you get it out there? Yeah, so once, we, once we'd kind of settled on all the different aspects and all we wanted, we started off just uh, 
low-key on Facebook because at the moment we're obviously just in beta. So mm. we're, we don't want to go too wide just yet. So we started off Facebook, Twitter, um, that sort of thing, got a bit of press there and then went on to see who we could get to talk about us. So we've got a few few influencers who sent out a couple of tweets about us. Mm. Um, we have managed to get on Product Hunt, which uh, I don't know if you know Product Hunt. It's a site where basically whitelisted members, so it's very select few um, kind of big players in the tech market are allowed to submit ideas. So we got on there and met a couple of interesting people there um, just who were interested in our idea, wanted to talk to us, talk some, you know, said, come back to me, talk some more. And some of them sent out a tweet about us or a little Facebook post. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, then what we've done is we've done a little bit of low key marketing on Reddit. Uh, we did an AMA. It wasn't huge yet, but we didn't expect much from it. Mm. We only, you know, a couple of questions here and there and more importantly, get a few ideas off people, what people liked. Um, beyond that, we've, you know, posted in some subreddits, have been active there and just been generally quite active on social media. So kind of, we're, we're jumping in on your story, like almost at the, uh, uh, well, I won't quite say the birth, but the, uh, uh, the baby's just been put in the swaddling and given a wash and a smack oh, in the yeah. arse. <laughs> Exactly, it's the very that we're just we're just getting it home now. And what platforms are you on at the moment? Are you on the uh, the iTunes platform on on the uh, App Store? So we launched our beta on Android just at the moment because it was uh, our Hmm. lead developer's strongest uh, strongest platform to develop on. So we launched on that so we could work out the basics of it and make sure we could get everything up and running. Um, Basically, while one of our developers, Emily, who would be our analytics expert, if you will. Uh, is doing, uh, you know, designing all our background algorithms and that to, uh, you know, accrue all the news and get it uh, working as brilliant as possible. So that's where we are now. We're looking to hit uh, iOS, Windows and uh, an online website version within the next couple of months. You know, weeks to months, as quick as we can, but obviously we want to make sure everything's properly launched well before we put it down. Okay, Dokey. Now, as you say, you know, the business and the marketing end is 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 your uh, baby. You know, it's great to think of all these people sitting around and having a laugh and coming up with ideas and writing apps and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you've got to you've got to pay for somewhere to live. You you need to feed yourself, you need to clothe yourself, you know, you need to get a salary out of this. So, how how or are you able to say how you be able to finance the project? Yeah, no, we can uh, have enough. We're happy enough to talk about that. So, what we're doing at the moment is the app, as it's up, will be completely free to users. We want mm-hmm. them to use away, share, mm-hmm. make this their main news platform. And what we're doing on the other end is we're keeping track of uh, what's the most read news stories, uh, comparing that to the leaning of the news story, the, you know, who's interested in what to do with the news story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you obviously take the American elections, which will be coming up soon. If there's a lot of people clicking on stories to do with, uh, the, you know, a certain Republican candidate or Democratic candidate, um, we'll be able to see how long or how many people are clicking on it, what the leaning of that story is, what the general leaning of that paper is, and then we'll have that information to sell on. And uh, we're doing all this. Obviously, privacy is very important to people. So all we're going to know about the people clicking is that, you know, X person in Ireland, we won't know their name, we won't know their location, we just know someone in Ireland or at most maybe someone in County Dublin mm. clicked the story in the Irish Independent or the Times of London about the Greek the Greek uh, revenue system or the Greek... Um, However it happens platform. to go. Yeah. But what I was going to ask you was, are you going to, are you going to do this as a, as a paid app? Um, is it going to be something like a subscription app, like, you know, WhatsApp? It's, it's only a couple of cent a year. Um, are you going to do it on an advertising model? Is it going to be a combination? Um, 
So basically, the app itself is going to be completely free, and what we're going to do with that data is we've gotten it, we've had a lot done a lot of research in that, and there's a big market for that data to things mm. like political parties, economic think tanks, financial groups, um, just anyone you could think of really who'd who'd be tracking markets, uh, political leanings, any of that sort of thing. Mm. So. The users get a completely free experience. We're giving them completely unbiased, you know, well, as unbiased as we can be in that we'll give them all the stories and they can choose their news. Uh, and, you know, hopefully giving them a new news app to compete with Google News or, you know, in our dream world, uh, beat Google News. <laughs> and, um, well, you can't blame us for trying. And, um, you know, in terms of revenue, what we're going to do is sell just the information of what people are interested in without actually telling anyone who those people are ah so gotcha you, you all right okay know. so you see you kind of getting into big data and see what the trends are and you can say That's you know it. well the german you know the our german users are concerned about a story x y and z whereas yep. the swedish people are da, da, and so on and so forth okay which exactly. could be of, of, of huge use listen do you know what? it's it really is kind of a, a fascinating um insight into how these apps happen because you're right i came across hawk and it, and it is pretty much a brand new app on the uh, on the android store and it's it, I never really kind of think about you know these things just happen to appear there but what's the background and like listening to everything that you have been through to this date and you were on quite a fast turnaround development cycle on that like you know yeah. um, it's just it's amazing to hear how many people you know take part in these things and all the, all the various different angles thank you for giving us just a, a little look into it Jamie McDonnell and the uh, app is called Hawk and it's available on the Google Play Store at the moment and it's H-A-U-K all my Norwegian friends thanks for talking to us Noah Jamie thanks Ian it's a pleasure and that is our tech radio show for today thank you so much for listening remember you can get hourly updates on tech news what's happening around the country and within the industry here in Ireland along with daily newsletters from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra so next time from myself Dusty Rhodes thank you so much for listening take care get tech radio subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie Tech Radio is produced by DigitalAudioProductions.com. Tech Central.